Barry Larkin, what's going on, my friend? I appreciate you doing this, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm in New York. Met with the commissioner just yesterday. Had some good vibes and headed to Dubai in about three days. Is it weird that I never met you before and I almost came up to your hotel room? That's a weird <laughs> way to start it, isn't it? Yeah, I would say that's kind of disconcerting, yeah. but no, it's all good. The Cincinnati kid, born and raised, you're in New York. Yeah. Playing days and now. Yeah. Favorite thing about New York, least favorite thing about New York. I love the energy of New York. Uh, actually, Shea Stadium was one of my favorite places to play uh, because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And the roar of the engines right by LaGuardia, it really did something for me, as well as the fans. You know, it was funny because Buddy Bell, who was a mentor of mine, told me to always enjoy the interaction with fans, especially in New York, right? So early in my career, uh, uh, I would come out on deck and the fans would just start giving it to me, right? (laughs) And so I turned and faced them, and we started having some back and forth. And it was all fun. You know, I didn't take it personal. They were telling me that, you know, you're terrible. You can't do this, that, <laughs> and the other. So anyway, I remember one day I was facing Frankie Viola. And this guy in, in particular said, yo, Larkin, you can't hit Frankie. He didn't say it like that, right? He said, you can't hit Frankie. And, and I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Larkin, you suck, right? You blah, 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 blah. So I hit a double off the wall, and I come back up, and I'm one deck to hit the next time. I remember this like it was yesterday. And then that same guy, when I come up, that little group of people were still yelling at me, and, and that guy says, well, Larkin, I guess you can hit Frankie. And I start shaking my head like this right here, like, yeah, 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 I know. You saw what I just did, right? He said, yeah, but you still suck. <laughs> oh, my God. I start dying laughing. And so every time I would come to New York and I would get up, to get ready to go hit, I would look for that section of people. And they would, for the most part, they were just about there every single series. And I absolutely loved it. There's really nothing I don't like about New York. You know, I'm kind of a slow, kind of reserved guy. And, uh, and so for me, the energy really does something for me. Um, I don't know if I could stay here all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, but that's 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 my take on New York. I, I love it. True or false? I just read a book, The Cup of mm-hmm. Coffee Club, mm-hmm. and it was about Major League Baseball players who only played one game in the majors. Mm-hmm. And your brother had a whole chapter, and it was awesome. Yes. Is it true the game he played? Yep. He goes one for three. Yep. You go over three, and yep. you're a little upset. I heard you wanted to get. Is that true that you were a little pissed off? It, well, what I was upset mm-hmm. about was, I think it was Jack McKeon at the time was our our manager. And I was upset at myself. So, and the reason is because I went up there and my brother, I think he got a hit maybe his first at bat. And I was 0 for 2 at the time. And we were playing, I think it was Pittsburgh. And last game of the season, we both were out of contention. So nobody was playing for the playoffs. So Jack asked me, do you want to get one more at bat so you can get a hit? Right? And I go, yeah, it'd be really cool to get a hit in the same game my brother got a hit, right? I didn't know it, this was going to be his only major league game at the time. So I'm up there. I'm working the count, this hard-throwing lefty from I don't know where. And the last pitch of the at-bat, he smokes me in the rib cage. 
Hit by pitch. Right. Hit by pitch was my last. That's what. That's what. <laughs> that's what upset me. That's what upset me. That that is that is one thousand percent a true story right there. What's cooler, being on your first baseball card, your first action figure, the starting lineup figure, or seeing yourself in a video game? Hmm. Well, they're all cool, obviously. But I think like I think the first time I saw myself in video game. It was uh, it was really cool because you saw some animation to it, you know, you know the other things were cool and all, and most of the time the bobbleheads don't even look like Not you know. <laughs> but it was pretty cool to see myself animated in a video game, actually moving and playing and noticing, huh? That does kind of look like my batting stance, doesn't it? So I think it does. So it's all cool though. Your on-the-field accomplishments speak for themselves. Let's go through them. 12-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner, nine-time Silver Slugger Award winner, World Series champion, MVP, obviously a Hall of Famer. Now we get to call you owner. So congratulations on being one of the owners of Baseball United, the first professional baseball league created to serve the Middle East and South Asia, an area with over 2 billion people, a billion cricket fans. I just mentioned your part ownership group, along with Mariano Rivera, who was just on the show. One of the only minority-owned professional sports leagues in the world. But, Barry, here's what I want to ask you. I know every day you get asked to do podcasts, join this organization, get involved in this. What was it about Baseball United that immediately wanted to get you involved? Well, I've been working in um, international baseball for some time, ever since I retired. Actually, when I was at the end of my career, I noticed that I was spending a lot of my time kind of mentoring mentally the the younger players on the team but I saw myself throwing batting practice in the tunnel before the game to actually get loose to play in the game so coaching and working with players and developing players has always been something that's really been uh, close to my heart and very rewarding so when I retired I start working uh, in the United States as well as abroad because I love to travel and I had some opportunities to uh, do some outreach programs. Uh, I worked with Major League Baseball International. I worked on the George uh, Bush uh, administration. There's a diplomacy, sports diplomacy. It's called Sports United Program. That I was an envoy uh, for the State Department. So I, I've always had this thirst for working abroad, travel, and working in player development. Um, one of my uh, envoys was to India. Uh, I went to New Delhi and then Paul. Um, I got incredibly sick, so <laughs> hopefully it won't. Delhi this, belly, they call it. So hopefully this time it won't be like that. <laughs> but um, I noticed that there were a lot of really talented, talented athletes, super athletic athletes, right? But not necessarily baseball players. Work with some cricket players, some softball players some field hockey players, um, but, but no real baseball players. So we brought a program uh, to India uh, on behalf of the government, and I noticed the athleticism. So I always thought that it would be a great opportunity and great idea to try to bring some kind of structure to the country if they would accept it and uh, to kind of do a grassroots player development uh, system within the communities and I think that's the biggest thing it's not about going in and plucking players away much like what happened with the million dollar arm sure but it's it's more more about giving back and integrating into the community and that's what I'm about so this opportunity with baseball united allowed me to pursue many of those 
things that I'm I talked to you about. Now tell me how that call happens. Uh, I know you're very close with Cash. Yeah. I'm very close with John Medrick. Yeah. I do anything to work for that man. I always said I would uh, sell ice cream in Nigeria for a hockey league for that man. Right. Who approaches you? And when you hear that idea, like I'm into it. Like how, how does that happen? Yeah, John. John was actually the guy that reached out to me through a few uh, mutual friends, and he asked me if I would have uh, interest in doing something. He said because I've heard of your international experience. Yeah, I created and helped create the program down in Brazil, and I've been working in Brazil for the last 10 to 12 years. Um, he was aware that I did the Million Dollar Arm, and uh, he said to me, he's like, would you have any interest in doing some stuff over there? I said, sure. So I talked to them primarily the first time I talked to them initially, and I thought, hmm, this is a really good idea. And originally, they wanted me to just come on as an advisor. Mm-hmm. And I told John, I said, listen, uh, you know, I could advise you all day long, but it's really about the execution and, you know, the curriculum. And and these are all these ideas that I have. And if I'm going to do something internationally, I'm going to do something internationally. I'm not just going to give you my ideas and just, you know, you guys go ahead and do whatever you decide to do. (laughs) But if you'd like me to be involved in it, I would like to be involved. I don't want to stick a toe in. I want to stick two feet in it. I want to be part of it. So that happened. Um, You know, there were some. Um, internal uh, struggles, right? Some things that had to get corrected. And uh, eventually we got those corrected or they got those corrected. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to Cash because I was working with Cash on some other endeavors and brought Cash in. And the next thing I know, Cash is climbing the ladder very quickly and now he's the president and CEO. Yeah, now tell me about that. I know there was uh, some changes. The uh, wrongs were you know, corrected. Right. You're an owner now. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that entail for you? Well, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I don't think it's ceremonial because I'm invested. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm invested uh, financially as well as uh, passionately. And uh, so it means stewardship, actually. That's what it means. It means the ability to directly impact where we go as an organization and being able to implement and execute some of the things that I'm so passionate about in, in the player development side. Um, the innovation of making changes to the game, uh, the field of play, uh, the fan experience, because I've experienced it all. You know, I've been a player. I was a fan growing up. I was a player. I worked in the front office. I worked in the media. Now I'm a fan again, and now I'm a broadcaster. So I've worked all the different facets of it. So ownership means my ability to input in all those different areas and help the organization as i see with a couple of really really good individuals you famously went down to brazil yeah which is not a baseball centric country i was just there in february it's not it's a soccer yeah it's obsessed with it okay you go down there what hurdles did you face and what hurdles do you see going out to dubai the uae and even over to pakistan i know india bangladesh which is not baseball centric what hurdles did you face and what hurdles do you see might happen yeah great question what I saw down in, in Brazil was that there was a small community of baseball community. Um, what I saw was it was not, baseball was not part of the culture. Um, and, and that is, I think, the challenge that I will see or that we see in India as well. However, we did some very unique things in addressing the fact that it wasn't part of the culture. And... Uh, we made some hybrid games. We, we played some in, um, introductory games uh, to, uh, to ask or to uh, 
challenge the youth to learn how to use their hands while still playing a form of soccer. Okay, okay. Right? So we introduced kickball, right? We introduced That's interesting. We, we introduced wiffle ball. And we, we made these hybrid games or these games that would lead them to the path of baseball. So we did that with some governmental uh, support, uh, with, uh, with educational support as well. And it, it re went really well. And you could see some of the participation start picking up. We also had some really cool guys, Jan Gomes, mm -hmm. really, really, Andre Rienzo, some really, really great spokespeople who are Brazilian, who went out and, you know, did some media tours and did some stuff to try to spark the influence and influence young kids. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, didn't get a chance to manage the team in the Panama and the uh, uh, qualifier this year in Panama because I had too much stuff going on, mm -hmm. including this. Yeah. And uh, had they advanced, I was going to manage them in the WBC again. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But a lot of new faces, a lot of young faces. And uh, so I think it's trending upward. And I think that's great. I, I believe we're going to face the same thing in uh in india now cricket is the cultural sport mm -hmm. so it's a matter of once again introducing a sport some kind of hybrid crossover to lead the cricket fans to baseball but the difference being is that there is a large baseball community whereas brazil was a small baseball community in brazil or um, in india there's a large baseball community now it's spread out over 1.4 billion people <laughs> in india Right. And 700,000 in Pakistan and what, 800,000. And I believe it's in the uh, in Dubai. However, there are expats there. There are people who have studied brought here in the States who love Americana. And I think the different the real true difference is that there is a real thirst from the government, a lot of support from the government. So we're talking about accreditation. We're talking about getting into school systems. We're talking about creating hybrid games to have kids learn the game of baseball. And also we're talking about opportunities. If we challenge people, if we can integrate ourselves into the community and challenge people to learn the game of baseball, then we could possibly have governmental, with governmental um, uh, acceptance and approval, we can provide opportunities for people. We can provide jobs. You know, learn the game of baseball, and the chances are you probably won't be a baseball player. But someone has to score the game. Someone has to officiate the game, right? So there, there are PTs all the time. There's a medical component to it, right? There's a, there's a math medical, mathematical component to it. There's, there's video there's, components. There's everything with There's it. absolutely everything. The tech, everything. So the challenge is to learn. The challenge that I will pose to the communities and the culture is to learn the game of baseball and see if there is an opportunity. Because what happens is you, everybody wants to be a cricket player, but there is a certain amount <laughs> of players that can only participate in cricket. So why not default to baseball? Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll ha we have a captive audience and hopefully we can get a small percentage of those people to really love the game of baseball. Now, how important was that to you? Because a lot of people, when I tell my friends about the league, like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Period. Stop. You're yep. like yeah, we want to play baseball, but you're looking so broad to that. Was that important to you that Baseball United doesn't want to just go there, make money and play baseball, that you want to be like, I want to have baseball teams out there. I want the kids to have jobs. You're trying to change the whole environment over there, aren't you? So you asked me what, uh, what does it mean to be an owner? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm saying to you. It's, it's very inclusive. It's, uh, it's innovative. Um, 
you know, we're looking for to, for, to be equitable, inclusive. Uh, I, there's just so many things that so many ideas that I have that I've always wanted to implement that now as an owner, I'm very close to being able to not mandate, but implement the things that I, I feel can certainly improve the game of baseball in different parts of the world. The Reds has always had hard uniforms. They had the uh, white pullover with the red V-neck. You guys had the sleeveless shirts with the red. Do you have, will Barry Larkin have any, any input in the uniforms out there? I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, we do have some designs and they are, they're pretty cool. Okay. Um, we just have a really good team. You know, Cash and his team are amazing. John, John is amazing. We just, we just have a really, really, really good team. You know, Mariano, uh, it's just it's just a really good team. So, and we have a design team as well. Mm-hmm. But the uniforms are going to be it, it's gonna, I'm going to be rocking the gear. <laughs> that is for sure. I'm going to be rocking the gear. Uh the World Showcase is November 2023. What does that entail? I know it's not going to be out in Dubai. Yeah. What does that entail? So, original plans are to have four teams and have a showcase tournament uh in November of 2023. We don't we don't have the exact dates yet. Mm-hmm. We will be playing in Dubai. In Dubai Cricket Stadium, world famous stadium, Crown Jewel City of Dubai. Uh, the plan at this time is to have nine to ten games. Nice. Four teams. So it'll be basically two weeks, uh, just just to showcase and, and to give that part of the world kind of a nugget, a taste of what is to come. So the showcase happens, and then the following year we're going to start leagues. I'm very fortunate to talk to John every day. So I know people you guys talk to who you yep. try to get involved. When you tell other people or other players reach out to you, do they, have, do they share the excitement of you? Like, hey, we're doing this. Do everybody, everybody wants in? Because like, it seems like a magnetic force that's going to happen. It, it is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is amazing. Um, it's amazing the amount of people that reach out. It's amazing the type of people that reach out. Uh, this is current players, former players, mm-hmm. um, people that love the game of baseball. Uh, we just had a meeting just the other day. You know, we rebranded not too long ago, and we just had a meeting two days ago with the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Insane. And uh, and it was a very positive, positive meeting. So, you know, man, just you just, you just think about the potential. Right, the potential in that this has not happened. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there were people that tried to do this before in some form or fashion, but I don't think a uh, comprehensive force like what we have uh, has ever really tried to implement what we're going to do. There's a lot of work to be done, obviously, but I am, I am incredibly um, happy and passionate and. Uh, uh, really determined to make this happen uh and i believe i have all the confidence in the world that we're going to be able to to implement all the things that we're talking about knowing i know you're doing your research you were out there you ever played cricket were you a batter were you any good or no never played cricket i've seen it i don't understand the game uh i under i understand some of the concepts but uh, you know, I'm always about hitting the ball in fair territory. Well, fair ter- territory is 360 degrees in cricket. That's a little bit different. But uh, you know, I-, I think it's good. I'm very open to to different games and different things, right? And I I I have this thirst for learning. 
So I look forward to being uncomfortable. I'm comfortable in baseball, we say, especially the young players. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? And I am, un- I am comfortably uncomfortable when it comes to cricket, but I really look forward to learning. And it's funny because I'm a huge traveler. I know you mentioned that too. That's the quote of traveling. You have to be comfortable being untra- uh, You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable That's everywhere. Right. That's right. In a taxi, on a camel, anything. Some countries you want to go to that you love. What are some of your bucket list places that you dine to go to? <laughs> Dubai, obviously. Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, Qatar. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to all of it. Um, caveat being, I, you know, I had that bad experience where. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to going back to India as well. So Mumbai, I, I, I really am. I just. Hopefully, I just will be good this time. When you were in Brazil, any soccer fever? Did you get? Oh my goodness! It's insane down there. It is. It is crazy down there, and and dangerous too. Yeah, oh, oh, I know it is. Uh, you talk about passion. You know, the real difference between uh, the U.S. and other countries relative to sporting events is is the raw. Uh, I, I, I'll say the rawness of the fan base. You know, my son, uh, who went to University of Miami and played in the NBA for four years, played for my is, Knicks, now playing, yeah. is now playing overseas. In Turkey, right? And In Turkey, yeah. yeah. Um, and when we go over and get a chance to watch him play, it is not lost upon us the rawness of the crowds. You know, they are screaming and yelling the entire time, up or down. They are incredibly, incredibly passionate. It is, it is absolutely amazing. I've seen a cricket match on TV, and I noticed the same thing. It wasn't just a hype video that I was watching. I was actually watching a match, right? And to sit there for the 30 minutes that I watched the match... And just to kind of watch the fan base and see how they reacted to absolutely everything. It, w- it was amazing. It's, you don't necessarily get that. Certainly don't get that at Major League Baseball games until someone hits home run or it's a big part of the game. Football is more like that. Mm-hmm. Basketball, NBA, it's kind of more buttoned up until the last few minutes of the yeah. game. <laughs> but it's, it's raw over there. And I, I, I really look forward to creating that kind of atmosphere at these baseball games. The beauty is we have kind of a, a whiteboard, right? So some of our some of the things that we're able to implement are some innovative changes uh, to the actual pace of play and the type of play that's happening. Not going to announce what we're going to do, but it's going to be all about a fan experience. And, you know, I, t- I told you, I was a fan. Mm-hmm. I was a player. I was a broadcaster. Or I am a broadcaster, so it's, it's, really, it's going to be really cool to be able to draw on some of my experiences and try to implement some ideas, some innovation, some technology uh, to create kind of a carnival type of atmosphere, not a circus, Mm -hmm. but kind of a carnival type of atmosphere with music and, and things that younger audiences, younger people really love. Right. Even maybe even a betting element there. So, you know, obviously whatever the culture will call for and, and support, that's where we're going to go. And so all of that is inclusive in my being an owner because, you know, I have, an ops, I have a, a, a chance to implement a lot of these good things. I know you got to fly out. You ready to hit, uh, finish up with five quick hit questions? Sure. Barry Locken, you and I are at a bar here in New York City. Yep. You want to impress everybody. 
who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them right now, they would text you back? Ooh. You got a name drop for me. Jesus. Coolest person. That's going to impress people. I don't, I, you know, I, you, you I don't, know I don't cool really, guys. I don't really have too many cool guys in my phone, bro. I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I really don't. Barry, give, me your, fo- give me your phone <laughs> then, and then. <laughs> I guess Ken Griffey Jr. I, oh, that's you know, a, that's a great one. Okay, well, but it's baseball. I was thinking like, no, no, you know, it'd be nice if I could like text Barack Obama yeah. or somebody, <laughs> or Rihanna, or, or, somebody. or Rihanna, Jamie Foxx, someone like that. You know, that would be. That would be cool. All right, Griffey's a great one. How about this? Coolest piece of memorabilia that you own? Mm. You know, um, I was the first uh, shortstop in the history to hit 30-30. And um, my wife had a piece of jewelry uh, made, and it was a baseball glove with a diamond and a bat. kind of cross like that and it says 30 30 on it it's it's amazing i mean i wore it like a couple of times but i you know i have it displayed and and it's it's super cool other than you know like a silver medal i wish i had a gold medal yeah but a silver medal but yeah that's it i'm sorry i'm not a fast guy so i know i take this it's supposed to be quick hitting no 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 i like this uh, you're right. actually putting thought into it right on november 26th there's a little college football game uh, at the michigan wolverines are playing the ohio state university i yeah. know it's a weird spot for you ohio boy michigan scholarship for football back and forth prediction for that game barry larkin well let me preface it with this <laughs> this is a sensitive subject because you said ohio boy mm-hmm. went to michigan did not get recruited by Ohio State. S- super bitter about that. Okay. Super bitter about that. Um, obviously, I want the Wolverines to win. Super bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Last player, again, that you asked to take a picture with, or last celebrity that Barry Larkin asked to take a picture with? Muhammad Ali. Oh. And you got it? I got it. That's a great one. I got it with wow. my son share a story with you so Muhammad Ali was at uh, all-star game I think it was in 2004 in Houston and um, he was sitting down and he was signing some autographs and guys were going over to him and asking for an autograph and you know he was in the midst of Parkinson's and he wasn't moving as flow as he was as he normally was right and so my son walks over to him and my son says uh Will you sign my shirt? So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was one of my shirts that he was wearing. He was on the field with me. And at the time, he was, what, 13, 14, or whatever it was at that time, right? And, and so Muhammad Ali goes to sign his shirt, right? Well, I'm standing right beside him. And so he reaches for my shirt, right? And I kind of touch his hand, like I kind of pair his hand, like... In boxing terms, I kind of pair his mm-hmm. hand. I hit his hand, and he picks up his left like he's about to like punch. Right? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 Mr. Raleigh. No, no, no. no. Um, that that was cool. Uh, and you know, and I gotta you know talk about my son a little bit now. He, uh, I've never seen him starstruck. He he's met quite a few guys: mm-hmm. uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron. Uh, played against LeBron, uh, all these great, great athletes. But when he met Tiger Woods for the first time, he was uh, he was starstruck. I, I don't think he knew what to say. It was, 
it was super cool. So, and that must be cool I mean, for you because you gave him that opportunity it is to witness it, right? Amazing. You know, we went to the White House and we, you know, we sat in the Oval Office and had some opportunities to do some incredible things, you know, just because of the opportunities with baseball. And I got a chance to experience a lot of that, you know, with my kids. I was reading an article the other day about Jeet, who, I'm at, who I absolutely love and respect, Derek Jeter. And, uh, you know, he's got three girls now. And, you know, and, and the article was said something at the end about uh, – you know, isn't it too bad that his girls can't see? I think someone called him captain or something when he was out eating with one of his girls. And the girl, the his daughter was like, well, daddy, why, oh. you know, why, why are they calling you captain? And, you know, he said whatever he said. And then supposedly she said, well, daddy, in this family, I'm the captain. You're not the captain. So I, I totally understand that because I got two girls myself. But that was that was super cool. But, you know, to be able to experience the game of baseball and the success that I've had and all the accolades that came along with it and opportunities to come along with it, uh, with my family, with my kids. That's been, that, that's probably one of my greatest joys, obviously in the world. And the last one, you're a student of the game. You're a fan of the game. Yeah. In the history of baseball, one game Barry Larkin wishes he could have sat front row and watched any game in the history of sports, any sporting event in the world, Barry Larkin wishes he sat front row to see something happen. I'm a big boxing fan, man. And so I, you know, I, I would say the Rumble in the Jungle. Oh, that's okay. You know that I, I'm, you know, Muhammad Ali, Frazier. I, I, that was, that was amazing. Um, but you know, I love boxing, and I love, I love the strategy of boxing. You know, a huge Floyd Mayweather fan, and uh, you know, it's just Felix Trinidad used to love to watch him fight. I like, you know, I like tactical fighters, but I love to watch brawls as well. Um, obviously Tyson, I got a chance to see Tyson fight a couple of times. I was at the fan, uh, in Vegas when the fan flew into the, the, of course, the other ring, um, used to go to Vegas for a lot of fights. Uh, but probably the one that I wish I was part of was more of the rumble in the jungle. It's really funny, man. When you go to boxing matches, there's so much, I, I, I can't say just testosterone because, I've seen a lot of guys, matter of fact, a lot of Major League Baseball player guys getting fights at these matches. But this one particular match I went to, I, w- I went to go see Roy Jones Jr. fight. Amazing watching him fight. He was amazing. In his prime, uh, unbelievable. He was amazing. And I think I was like three or four rows back. And this female, she had to be about six feet tall. She beat the absolute crap out of a male. He must have been 6'3 and much bigger because they were arguing over who had the front row seat. It was, it was, it was absolutely amazing. But I, I would have to say it would be that boxing. Match. I'll tell you, we're going to finish up. The four I usually get, I get uh, Miracle on Ice, 1980s, yep. USA soccer. Uh, USA uh, hockey. Yep. I get uh, the fight here. Frazier Ali won at the Garden. Mm. A lot of people want that one. Jackie Robinson's first game, a lot of people take that one. Hmm. And Babe Ruth calling his shot in the 1932 World Series. Those really? are the four I usually, obviously yeah. there's fun, different ones, but those are the four people usually uh, yeah. hone on. Yeah. Listen, the plug is BaseballUnited.com. Barry Larkin, you're doing some great things. I can't wait to podcast again because I want to talk more about your son playing for my Knicks, going to the U. We should have went to Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky <laughs> basketball fan. And, uh, dude, safe flight to Dubai. Thank Good you. luck with this. And I'm involved. Uh, I'm excited to do more stuff for you, man. All right. I appreciate this you. This is a blast, bro. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.